Psalm 37, verse number 4 is our text. The Bible says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. That's a great verse. Sometimes it's misapplied, and we'll talk about that here in a moment. But I want to begin the message by asking you a question. Have you ever gotten some bad advice? I still remember a very distinct episode of bad advice. Uh, You dorm students are going to learn something about dorm life. Uh, Not only is God going to use it to challenge you and show you your flaws and your shortcomings, but God is also going to use it for you men to give you sermon illustrations. And some of the worst advice that I ever heard in the dorm, I will never forget it. Uh, I was a sophomore. And there was a young man who was a freshman in the dorm. And some of you I know, you say, well, why do they have these stricter dating regulations for freshmen the first semester especially? Well, this should be case in point. It was actually February, so all those dating restrictions for freshmen had passed, but Uh, There was a particular gentleman, uh, it was obvious that he was on the hunt. And uh, there was a particular young lady that he had focused upon. And he said to himself, he thought, you know, I really need to impress her. I wonder what I can do to get her attention for Valentine's. And I'll never forget, this freshman went to the worst possible person in our dorm, and asked him for advice. I witnessed it. He would have been better off asking a tree (laughs) than asking this person for advice. And he went up to the individual. He said, you know, I want to really make an impression on this young lady, and I'd like to ask her to the banquet, and what should I do? It was the worst person to ask And I'll never forget the response that he got. It was horrible. The fellow said, if I were you, I would go and I would buy a rose. And then I would tape Hershey Kisses to the stem. And I would give it to her and I would ask her to the banquet. Now, if you want to know how that advice worked or didn't work, I'll just say this. The individual that was told that is still not married today. But it was horrible advice. And I see some of you men taking notes. Do not do this. That's good. You're very wise. Very, very wise. But it was horrible advice. And it was a disaster when he tried it. But today I want to tell you another phrase of advice, some advice that's often given to your generation that sometimes can be very dangerous. And here is that advice. When somebody tells you, follow your heart. That can be some of the most dangerous advice you'll ever hear. 
You know, follow your heart is a theme of movies today. Follow your heart. Some of you are about to get your fill of Hallmark for the next three weeks. More power to you. But you know, in those themes, one of the themes that you find recurring in the entertainment industry is follow your heart. You know, I told uh, Charlie Kraftcheck the other day in Student Body, I said, you know, Charlie, we're going to miss you in these videos. I said, Charlie, you, you're, the movies that you make are a lot like, I mean, they have the same plot lines. It's just different people, different stories, you know, different people getting accosted and hit and slugged and all that. You know, but it's the same thing. You, you know what's going to happen, you know, but it, it's entertaining nonetheless. But the world today commonly, just follow your heart, follow your heart, follow your heart. Now, there are times when your heart, when your heart is in tune with God. You know, then it can be trusted. But so often it's just like follow your heart. I've heard people say, I just want to follow my heart. Well, if before you leave this place today, can I tell you, there is a more sound piece of advice than follow your heart. And it's this, follow the Lord. And you know what? When you're following the Lord and your heart is in tune with God, you know, that's a great thing. And I believe that Psalm 37 verse 4 gives us the key to how we deal with our hearts. Notice with me. First of all, the idea of delight. Notice with me at the beginning of the verse, Delight thyself also in the Lord. This is the very first part of the verse. A lot of times people like to jump to the desires of your heart. But don't you dare leapfrog to the desires of your heart over the most important part of the verse. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Now, there's a lot of things that I hope that you've learned at college, all right? I hope that you've learned, for some of you, you've learned some social graces. I I do. I hope that some of you have learned how to live with a number of people, especially some, like for me, I was an only child. I hope that you have learned more about Greek. And I hope you've learned more about your, your classes and dispensations. I walked into Brother Lucan's office and he was, he was grading dispensations, I think it was. Let me tell you, there's one thing that's almost as bad as watching somebody take a dispensations final, and that's watching somebody grade it. And you have learned a lot, but you know, there's one thing that I really hope that you've learned in the last three to four months on this campus, and here it is. I hope you've learned a little bit about what it means to delight yourself in the Lord. I know it doesn't seem very academic, but it's essential. I would dare say you ask a lot of people today, what does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord and you would be met with this answer? I don't know. But I think for every one of us here, for every Christian in this room, not only should we know what it means to delight ourselves in the Lord, but listen to me, we ought to experience it. I know in the Christian life we talk about experience and we get really nervous, but I am going to tell you something. Uh, It's one thing to know it, but if you don't experience it, listen, you're missing out. 
What does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? Well, let me just appeal to the human senses if I could. Let's talk about the the idea of taste. Have you ever tasted something that brought you delight? Have you ever tasted a dessert or your favorite meal? Some of you right now, you're dying to go home for mama's cooking. You're like this favorite dish that I just miss. And when you taste it, it's going to bring delight to your heart. Listen to me. If you have taste buds and you know what it means to delight in food and you are saved, you have the capability of understanding what it means to delight yourself in the Lord. Psalm 34 and verse 8, the Bible says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Psalm 119 verse 103, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. You know, one of the things that I hope you've learned this semester, and if you haven't, I hope you learn it soon is when you pick up that book that's in your lap on your own and you taste of it and you push away from it and you say, that was good. Listen to me, when you leave this campus, will you delight in the Lord? When's the last time you've taken the Bible? Jeremiah, thy words were found and I did eat them and they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. When's the last time you as an individual believer, you pushed away from the Bible and you said, man, that was pretty good. Because if you leave this place and you're not delighting in the Lord, listen to me, don't follow your heart. You ever smelled something before that brought you a pleasure? You know what I'm learning the older I get? Whenever I, was, whenever I was your age, I wanted to get everywhere as fast as I could. I mean, just hammer down. You know, and maybe it's just a little bit of the old man that's rising in me, but you know, I'm learning to smell the roses along the way. I just wanted to go, I've got to get to California as soon as possible. Well, you know, now I'm like, you know what? I think I would like to stop in Nashville and eat some barbecue. And I think in St. Louis, I'm going to see the arch. In Colorado, I'm going to go to the Garden of the Gods. You know, instead of just taking life just wide open all the time. Now, some of you are like, Garden of the Gods, that sounds very spooky. Listen to me, it was probably named by whatever. It's just a beautiful place, all right? There's not idols everywhere. And by the way, some of you still have some of those idols from the missions conference in your dorms. And for full disclosure, I have one in my office, all right? But you know what I've learned? You know, I've learned there's some things in life, it's okay. You know, I I can smell something. I'm like, boy, that, that brings great delight. You know, have you, ever, have you ever felt something before? The idea of touch, the idea of feel there's some things that you touch that are not very pleasant, uh, like a, ca- a cactus, that's not very pleasant. There's other things that you feel that may be very smooth. Have you ever had something that you heard bring delight to your heart? 
you know, maybe you didn't hear it, but you read it on a screen when you get an email from the finance office saying somebody's put a scholarship. You know, you're, you read that and those words, what you hear, what you see brings you delight. Listen to me. If you've got five senses and you have any of those, you can understand what it means to delight yourself in the Lord. You know, there are times in my Christian life, I've never seen God one time, but I'm with my eyes. But you know, there have been times in my life where I've understood Him better and I've seen Him more clearly than I ever have before. And I'll tell you, when our pews are filled with a bunch of people that live theory and they have no experience about delighting themselves in the Lord, that's a hollow existence. Delight thyself in the Lord. Are you leaving this place hardened? I know you're weary. There's a difference between weariness and hardness. But are you leaving this place where your heart is delighting in the things of the world rather than God? Because if that's the case, listen to me, don't follow your heart. It can't be trusted. Number one, delight. Number two, the word desires. Listen, every one of us in this room, your heart has desires. It's a fact. We all have it, just like opinions. Everybody has opinions. So how do you know everybody has opinions? Because after in dorm devotions, everybody has an opinion. They share it. No, not everybody. Some people don't share it. Some people come afterwards. I didn't want to tell everybody, but can I tell you right now? You know, not does everybody have opinions, but everybody here has desires. Listen to me. You have desires right now that that what you're going to do over the break, what you're going to do with your life, things that that cause you. Great joy. Those, those are your desires. You look at the things in your life that bring you the greatest joy and you look right around the corner, there are your desires. That's how you find them. But as you think about these desires, let me just tell you a few things that are just words of wisdom along the way. Now again, trust, delight thyself also in the Lord and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, I'll talk about the verse in a moment, but I just want to give you some baseline things about our desires in general. All right, number one, my heart can't be trusted in and of itself. You know what? Apart from God, your heart is wicked and mine is too. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Listen to me. You leave this campus not right with God and you're given to your own desires. Listen to me. You're going to get more than you bargained for. It's something when God gives you the desire of your soul, but He sends you leanness in the process. But my desire, in and of, listen, a heart apart from God, your desires, listen to me, they cannot be trusted. Number two is this my heart is of the greatest importance to God. Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You want to know how important your heart is? God says it's of the greatest importance. Luke 6 and verse 45, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. 
I'll tell you how we know what's in our hearts. Just see what we do during the Christmas break. You want to know what's in our hearts? See what comes out of our mouths in the Christmas break. Young people, I don't want you just to know what it's like to be confined by a student handbook. I want you to know what it means to live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But your heart's of the greatest importance. And for some of you in a place that ought to be an incubator, that ought to be fanning the flame of your heart for God, some of you have managed to end it maybe on a downward note. Listen to me, your heart is of the greatest importance. But another truth about our desires is this, that the desires of the heart are sometimes hidden from those around us. They're concealed. Just because we look the part doesn't mean that our desires... Listen, uh, there's a story behind every person here and sometimes there's a facade that we put up. We know what's expected of us and we perform that, but our hearts have a desire that just we, we, we hide and we conceal. I think one of the greatest examples of this is found in 2 Samuel chapter 13 when there was a man named Amnon who had a sick desire. Amnon had a very sick desire and that was to be immoral with one of his family members. And the only person he confided in, Jonadab, was the very one who led him to his own destruction. That wasn't publicized. The king's son did not publicize his desire. It was hidden from the vast majority of people. And you know what? Just because a desire is not immediately seen doesn't mean that it's there. And I wonder if there's some here today, there are hidden desires that if mom and dad knew or people around you knew, perhaps they would be shocked and they would be appalled. Listen to me. It did not end well for Amnon and it will not end well for you. But as you think about this matter of desires, the last thing I'll tell you in this is that the devil has played on three desires for thousands of years. And let me tell you what those three desires are. Number one, the lust of the flesh. Number two, the lust of the eyes. And number three, the pride of life. You ever heard the phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? For thousands of years, from the garden on, the devil has played on those three desires that are legitimate, that they are real desires in the hearts of people. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And can I tell you, those three desires will lead you astray. And those three desires are temptations that the devil tempted Jesus with and he'll tempt you. I want to ask you, are some of those desires really pouring out? I mean, it may be on the inside and it's been suppressed, but it's raging on the inside, the lust of the flesh. How about the lust of the eyes? Listen, that's just the desire for stuff. College students pride themselves on how poor they are, but did you know college students can be covetous? You don't have to be rich to want stuff. You can just be poor. 
and want things. But listen, you get a taste of money. Right now, let me tell you, wages are going up. You know that. Now, expenses are going up too. But right now, you know, some of you are like, well, mom and dad's footing expenses and I'll just take the paycheck. And, you know, right now, the wages are going up. Some of you get a taste of money like you've never had before. And, you know, you won't be the first one to ever experience that temptation. But, you know, it's slain a number of people. The lust of the eyes has slain a number of Bible college students through the years. There's one particular young man many years ago. I'm, I'm usually careful about referencing a lot from the pulpit because I don't want people to think they're going to be turned into a sermon illustration. But I will tell you this. I've lived long enough to know many years ago there was a young man who had the propensity to make money and he started making it in college and he used to talk about going to the mission field. And you know what? Now his life is a mess because he gave in to the lust of the eyes. Let me tell you, life's more than money. And then the pride of life. If you're consumed with what people think about you and how they ought to think about you, listen, that's a desire. Don't follow your heart because it'll lead you wrong. Now, with all that in mind, I want you to notice the order. It says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. What are some desires that Bible college students will have? I'll tell you one. It's to get married. I know that. It's, got, it's, it's been quiet, but it's really quiet now. You're like, I don't have a desire to get married. Listen, there's guys in here that wouldn't talk about it, but th- that is a desire. Well, you, what do you, the key is, is step one, delight thyself also in the Lord. You know, I've talked to a number of people that were single beyond, you know, right, right out of college. And they said, you know, I, I, but I, I had to reach a point in my life where I had to realize, you know, am I desiring God or am I desiring a spouse? And that's my driving force in life. And so many times when a number of them came to that point in their lives where they understood what they had done, then all of a sudden, boom, somebody came along the way. I mean, dropped out of the sky. I mean, you know, some people are like, uh, there's, there's nobody left. I've tried Bible college. I've tried, you know, I've tried everything. And then, you know what? Then they come to a point where they're like, you know, my focus has been wrong. And then all of a sudden, it's just like somebody walks on a door and they're like, where have you been for the last 10 years? You know, do you, you just do you desire to be in the, in the right place, doing the right thing 10 years from now? I'm going to tell you how you get to where you need to be 10 years from now. And that's right now, learning to delight yourself in the Lord. And then when God opens a door of service for you and you say, I have to pinch myself, I can't believe. that I'll tell you the key is just delighting yourself in the Lord along the way rather than being disgruntled about what you don't have. Number one, delight. Number two, desire. But number three, the last thing is direction. In the very next verse, it says, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. I want to close this message this morning by telling you, every life in this room is, right now, you're set in a direction. You're headed somewhere. 
Some of you are like, yeah, I'm headed to Georgia. Some of you are like, no, better yet, I'm headed to New England. You know, everybody's got opinion. You see people light up like light bulbs when you mention they're part of the world. They're like, yeah, that's where I'm headed. For me, I'm just headed to 104-1 North Lee Street, which is a two-minute walk, all right? But you know, the truth is you're really headed somewhere. The Bible likens it to this in Proverbs 4 and verse 26. It says, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. I love the word ponder. You know, being raised in the hills of North Carolina, words like yonder and ponder, I understand those. I could sit in an old general store and an old man say, I'll ponder that. I understand. You know, it's think about it. Hey, before you leave this place, I want to ask you, would you just take a moment to think about your direction? If you get your way right now and you get your desires, listen, are they based on a delight of the Lord or are they just based in doing what you want? You ever walked through a yard before and you didn't watch where you stepped? That's bad. I've had that happen on occasion. You walk and then you realize it when you're in the person's house and you're like, I am so sorry. It's a mess. It smells and it just you've you've done something to somebody else's property and you're like, boy, and if you would have just paid attention to where you were stepping, you never would have gotten in that predicament. Well, I'm going to tell you something that's a lot more embarrassing than that. It's not just walking into somebody's house when you've not watched where you stepped, but it's go through life and you don't ponder the path of your feet and then everything is so broken when you don't, and then you don't know what to do with it. Before you leave, I want to invite you to think about the direction that you're headed. Will you leave here delighting in the Lord or will you leave here, I'm just, I'm more concerned about the desires of my heart than I am about delighting in the Lord. If that's the case, you better watch out. You know, as I close the message, I just want to impress upon you the importance of order. The desires of my heart. No, 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 no. Number one, delight thyself also in the Lord. And He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. you got to pay attention to the order. You know, when I came to college, I had never shaved with a razor before. It's the truth. And you know, and my dad passed away when I was 15. You know how I learned to shave? I learned by watching my roommate. You just go into the bathroom and act like you're piddling, but the whole time you're watching him. Messing with a dish or wash rag or, you know, straightening up my stuff, and I'm just watching him. He was one of these guys with 5 o'clock shadow. You know, shave at ten o'clock or 8 o'clock in the morning, and he's got to shave by chapel again. He had that, that thick of a face. Got to learn from the best, you know. And, uh, and I would sit there and I'd piddle around and I would watch. And I noticed that there, there, was, there was an order. 
I learned through the power of observation, number one, wet your face. And then after that, I would see him put on shaving cream. I still remember, I had no clue how much to put on. You know, all you need is like that much. But my first experience was like a palmful, you know. People probably looking at me and they're like, what is his problem? And then after you put that on, then you take the razor and you shave. And then after that, you wash yourself off. And you may even put on some other stuff that, I don't know, reinvigorates your face or makes you die in pain from where you cut yourself. It's called aftershave, but there's an important, there, there is an order there that, listen to me, if you don't pay attention to the order, you will pay the price. <coughs> Fellas, imagine with me, you go into the dorm, the guy is going to shave, and without any water and without any shaving cream, he takes out his razor and brings it across his face. We would say that's bad. Bad things are going to happen. And it's so true. <coughs> it's so true. And the same is true when you follow your heart and you don't delight yourself in the Lord. Except the problem is a lot worse in the latter case. You go the wrong order of shaving, you're a few band-aids and septic, you know, the antiseptic sticks away from getting healed up in a few weeks. But you leave here and you don't delight yourself in the Lord and you just do what's in your heart. A broken marriage, a huge mistake that scars you the rest of your life, that's what's ahead. So I beg you, don't follow the worst advice. That advice being follow your heart. Listen to me. You follow God. And you, you, follow, you delight yourself in the Lord. And then when He gives you the desires of your heart, you enjoy those things and you go forward following the Lord. You better think about the path of your feet before you leave.